0: It
1: is to be Oklahoma Welcome to the Through the Keyhole podcast. Today we're going to talk about the post game. Hold on, guys, I'm getting a phone call right now. Seems to be a text coming through. Seems to be some emergency. Okay, guys. I'm not going to fuck around. You know what happened. Lincoln Riley is going to USC uh, today. We're going to talk mainly about that with uh, the man at the plan, the man at the insights, the man for all the insider information. The guy we're going to be leaning on for the most part uh, while we're getting through this. Uh, Keegan Renault. Keegan, how's it going?
2: It. It's been a. Uh, it's been a weird 48 hours to say the least. And I know both of you, you guys, know that we've been. All of us, I think, combined have worked our tails off to kind of figure out what the hell's happening in Norman. There's a lot of non-answers. There's a lot of it's, – it's muddy. It's foggy, Peyton, Matt. It's weird. It's what actually happened, where the friction started, how it started, how it got to the point to where on Friday um, – and, Peyton, you and I I's instincts are pretty good on these things – uh, you and I's instincts, I'll say, are pretty good for the most part. Um, something felt off about Friday's leak. Oklahoma people were not talking about LSU at all. There was nothing coming from there. And then all of a sudden, Peyton, what's weird? Oh, Friday. Oh, now we're acknowledging Lincoln may leave. It felt like yes. a forced denial was coming at some point. And uh, I don't know if we're going to play the audio. I, I don't know if, if that's something that we have in the cards here, but The Lincoln Riley audio from last night, I think the second question and shout out to Kerry Murdoch for asking the questions. I think the second question about the athletic department administration um, is something that you guys both know that I've been telling you guys about over the last 48 hours. Um, Really weird. Uh, It's uh, Lincoln's off to USC and what Bob Stoops is going to be coaching Oklahoma in a bowl game. Yeah, it's
1: kind of crazy. And before we dive fully into it, we have our third we have our third wheel here, the guy who keeps us balanced. You know, we're uh, making sure that everything sounds right, is edited good. We got the music in there. We're going to have some Game of Thrones technique stuff in there a little bit later. Matt Bird, how's it going, Matt?
0: I'm doing all right, man. It's just uh, a weird couple of what, not even 24 hours. <laughs> weird 24 hours, man. Um, really, just uh, confused about not really confused I think I'm more intrigued about to see you know kind of where OU goes from here yeah I'm
1: I'm mainly intrigued and you guys can jump in when you want to I but I'm mainly intrigued about where OU goes I mean OU is the arguably the best school at hiring head coaches uh it does not mess around if you're not good you get fired and they hire the next guy I mean it is not a place um that messes around or, or usually makes mistakes to be honest with you um Seeing Riley and seeing some of the uh, national Twitter guys talk about Oklahoma's been getting worse every single year um, and kind of looking at that from Oklahoma's standpoint, and in my mind, that could be even a bigger indictment on Lincoln Riley uh, as a head coach. I mean, the team is getting less explosive. The team is getting less physical. We're getting pushed around each and every year throughout that. So it will be interesting to see how he handles USC. I mean, it's an easier gig truly is to a certain degree if he can deal with all the political issues that usc has and we've seen play out in front of people and in national media um he can get that place rolling because you only have to beat one team oregon at that point in time and i think usc can do that i mean lincoln does have some pete carroll 2.0 vibes to him very players coach i think he's going to invite all the old guys back into the locker room and everything um it will be it, it will be it'll, it'll be like seeing the ex-girlfriend across the hall <laughs> if he's if he's opening things up and letting people come in and it's a little like oh everyone come in and talk and stuff after shutting stuff down oh you so hardcore uh, but tell us the path forward keegan where where are we headed where are we going uh, Light like the way
2: it's it's too early i want to say this first uh shout out to adam adam schefter for being a great friend of cliff kingsbury's agent oh uh, for sure and uh, I uh, and Dykes. I, yeah, Dykes just got an extra like a million dollars in a support staff role for uh, Mac Engel tweet. And, you know, I, I think the, the biggest thing here, like people are going to want to know names off the bat. People are going to want to know what happened with Lincoln in Oklahoma. Like, this is, this is raw. Like, this is real time stuff. Like, there's a lot of, there was not a single person in Oklahoma that expected Lincoln Riley to leave, there was no indication. None. And when you add that factor in, Peyton, with the idea of, oh, you know, the whole weirdness. I mean, I I laid this out in our Friday post over on uh, over on through on our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash through the keyhole. It's going to be a fun next couple of months, obviously, for everybody. Um, You know, I alluded to something on Friday, Peyton. There was uh, an extension put on the table in August that was not signed and norman Mm -hmm. and when you start putting this puzzle together right and that's what you and i think you and i and i'll give red dirt sport and brady and that's what we're all really good at is being able to take all the nuggets that you give out you know that are given out and being able to put it together and this isn't journalism i'm doing by any means here and i want to get that clear but when you start adding in some of the factors that you hear where there's a power struggle between Lincoln and Joe, how they want the program to be run in the SEC, what kind of resources they need. Um, I am getting, if you can hear that text, I am just kidding. it's been nonstop for three hours. I, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird. Uh, You know, you go back to August Payton and I kind of alluded to this in the post on Friday, that fall camp was weird. It felt like, you know, now looking back on it, it felt like Lincoln had to go prove that he was a national championship coach instead of just being who he is as a a coach and being who he is and who he's been for so long. He put a lot of pressure on himself, which put a lot of pressure on the players. And maybe he thought, hey, if I can win the big one, this is the place I want to be. Or if I can at least show to myself and show people that we are capable of it. You know, I don't know. Um, It's been weird since August. Like people saying the last couple of weeks, last few weeks, it's, you guys know this. Matt knows this. Brady knows this. Peyton knows this. It's I've been telling you guys for months that this, this, something's been off um, about the head coach at Oklahoma. And I, again, I, I'm not going to sit here and point to one thing or the other. I don't have certainty on that. Um, but there's been a lot of frustration with some of the stuff that's happened at the administrative and athletic department level that concerns you, right? Like I, you know, Peyton, you said this a second ago in our group message, and I think it, it speaks true because this is going to be a narrative right now. I mean, Joe Ciglione just lost one of the best head coaches in the sport, NFL College. True. He just lost him to USC, to another blue blood. And for that to happen, something had to have gone wrong. And where it went wrong, um, congratulate – hey, well, first quick on that note, congratulations to the next head coach at Oklahoma. He's going to get everything Lincoln Riley didn't want. Um, So congrats to Lincoln for doing well for the next head coach. But Oklahoma's in shock, man. Uh, nobody expected this. Nobody. Nobody.
1: Yeah. I mean, to, to kind of give some thoughts on, on what you said there, I mean, it, it's, like, I, I am in shock. I mean, this is, it's a full shock mode. It's not something you expect to see, not something you, I mean, OU, I mean, just this morning, people were tweeting at me and tweeting stuff, and I was like, listen, I'm an OU fan. I've dealt with this on every offseason since the year 2000. You know, Bob is leaving for Notre Dame, Bob is leaving for Ohio State, Bob is leaving for Florida. You know, it, it's just, Every single year, it was all oh he's about to lose their head coach because everyone just seems to think well you just can't get it done anymore. And this is when oh I mean oh he's going to playoffs so he's going to multiple national championship games. I think it's just oh, OU is in the middle of nowhere uh, when it comes to like population groups and stuff. So the big you know the big national media types would rather that coach be at USC or be at Florida or be something like that to where you 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 can drive more interest and stuff. I mean OU is still a big massive brand as you can see by the SEC bringing OU in and, and, and Texas in. Um, but it is somewhat limited for the reach of that brand. I mean, OU is an extremely rich school, uh, brings in a lot of money, but it'll always be a uh, seen as kind of that hard scrabble school. So I, I'm very interested on, on this, this next head coaching job, and this next head coaching you know, gig coming forward and, and seeing what does happen to OU, I mean, moving forward to kind of light a path to a certain degree. Does OU continue down this path? And, you know, I've mentioned it before. These programs are like cruise liners. You you can't just make a turn immediately. But does OU continue down the path of we're going to play seven-on-seven football? Or does it start to recorrect itself and say, hey, we're walking to the SEC. This is going to be a bigger reclamation project than what we probably thought. And we need to be bigger, faster, stronger across the board. Like we can't just play the way we were playing, you know, air it out seven on seven, have the QB back there and toss it up. Uh, it's going to be a different league. It's going to be a different test. Uh, and I just don't know if, if Riley was fully invested in taking that test, <laughs> you know, regardless of the idea that, Oh, you needed to have more, um, a bigger support staff or bigger media marketing budget, which I've heard some people talk about like OU's marketing team isn't big enough and stuff like that. Um, these schools market themselves. I mean, you, don't, you really don't have to worry about that. I mean, OU is a top seven recruiter. With Lincoln Riley, once they move into the SEC, I could easily see them. I was easily seeing them becoming like a top five recruiter annually. It's, it's going to be there. The issue is it does take work. And people, there are, some, there are a certain segment of people who just do not want to work that hard. And, and good for them. If you can find, like as Riley is about to find at USC, Especially all the recruits, he's more than likely going to yeah. we're quote, unquote, about we're, we need to get OU. into that
2: next? Yeah. yeah,
1: it's 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 going to be a lot easier for him to move forward if someone's going to pay you to do an easier job. Go ahead and take it, you know. But OU is OU is a place where greatness is called upon for you to deliver, and Riley hadn't delivered that, and I think he realized he wasn't going to deliver that, and I think what may have happened is is a little bit twofold. He saw potential. He saw potentially the, the the ceiling of the Oklahoma as a program, which to me that ceiling is you should Oklahoma should be in a national championship game once a decade. Like legitimately competing once a decade. And then he probably also saw his own potential and the own ceiling to that potential, realizing he couldn't take that team where it needed to be. I think we can all agree at that. Next year's team wasn't going to be it. Next the team after that wasn't going to be it Lincoln Riley at the at the at the helm. The transition into the SEC. I just don't think he's fully invested in doing the work. And you said you want to talk about the uh, USC stuff, how it's going to be easier.
2: I think, well, one, I I want to touch on Lincoln and, and kind of where the direction of the program was going. I made the comment Saturday morning, like thought about it, you know, jokingly said, you know, wake up, you get to coach Gabe Dindy for three years. Like that gains an extra two hours of sleep. Like I, I have a hard time, like looking at the landscape of college football right now Peyton and saying like any job is better than the other um Alabama just got absolutely mauled up front by a six and five Auburn team that South Carolina ran the same play 15 times over and over and over in the second half against them and beat them like Alabama just struggled with that and with a quarterback that was hobbled in the second half um so I it's hard for me to kind of like what job is better than, you know, what job is better than the other, obviously long-term I think Oklahoma is, you know, still one of the better jobs and premier jobs in the sport. Like, I, I think they're going to hire a guy that's going to be around. Um, I don't think, you know, like I said, a second ago, like Lincoln just gave the next head coach everything he wanted. Um, cause that head coach is that first question is going to be, why didn't it work out with Lincoln? And then, okay, we figured that out. That won't happen now. Um, USC, let's yeah. Transitioning into kind of what this looks like. Um, no early word on Caleb Williams. I'm just going to get that clear. Um, nothing set in stone. There's they're kind of still revisiting their situation. Um, I think it's important here. Uh, we kind of figured out finally who he's represented by, and it's crazy, Peyton, that it's that freaking secret. Right. That kind of speaks to who Lincoln Riley is as a person that not a lot of people knew. Um Bob Lamont is his name. Uh, he's a very big power player, not as much of a big money player as Jimmy Sexton is. And when you kind of add all those factors in together, Peyton, um, something went wrong uh, in these last to do it the way he did it. And to where Oklahoma could be out in kids' homes as of Monday at like midnight tonight, I think they can start doing in homes. Um, to do it with Malachi Nelson and Makai Lemon and all the Southern California kids committed uh, to do it whenever your offensive line room is in shambles right now, uh, to do it in the way that you did it, um, it's going to catch a lot of heat. Like, if you went to LSU, it would have been Kevin Durant bad because it's the SEC. Like, you just joined someone that's, like, right across the row from us that obviously you know and everybody knows, right, that is kind of good.
1: I'll push back on that. Everyone used to use the comparisons. I mean, the LSU gig would have been Kawhi. Would have been you're dragging your feet for half a season, and then you go to the team that you said you're going to go to the entire time. Him going to USC out of nowhere, leaving everyone. You know, at, you know, it struck midnight, and he's like, "Oh, by the way, I'm out of here." That's that. This is Kevin Durant. <laughs> you know, it's not because Ka- Kawhi was like everyone was like, "Oh, he's going to the Clippers. He's going to he's going back to LA." I mean, it was like that for a sure. year. Uh, this is truly a we wake up and we just get a tweet <laughs> and that's the only thing we really knew about i mean you talked about some inklings on friday but this is truly kevin durant and plus he's going to golden state i mean it's is truly
2: and he's, kevin durant he's gu- he, And top. he's gutting the program i mean it, it's really happening like people could say whatever he wants i mean you have the you have i mean let's go down the defensive line recruits that they're i mean gabe dindy and Derek moore were a month away from being oklahoma's three weeks um You know, like when you talk about and you sit here and, you know, we talk about the future for Oklahoma, like it was going to look a lot different with some guys playing on defense and it was going to take time. We all knew that it was going to be about a four to five year cycle for Grinch to really get going here at Oklahoma because of some things that happened before him. And it's, it's, it's bad. I mean, I, you know, when we take calls tomorrow on the franchise at three o'clock, It's, it's, or next tomorrow, whenever we do, it's going to be ugly, man. Like I'm, I'm fully prepared for that. And I, again, from the USC perspective, I sent this, it makes sense. It it makes all the sense for Lincoln Riley to take the USC job. He's broken into Southern California. He can recruit up to the DMV and bring kids out to Southern California. Um, There's a lot to offer out there from an NIL perspective. Uh, which our patrons will get to read a little bit about that here in a little bit. Um, or no, they already did on Friday. Uh, NIL is big out there. I'm sure resources for support staff is going to be bigger out there. Uh, there's, there's a lot, I mean, from Lincoln Riley's perspective, like it's not a bad move, like from a coat, but the way that you did it uh, a, literally a night ago, you said that Joe Castiglione and, and, and this isn't your guys' first rodeo. We've been through this together before. And then the next day you're going to leave. It's just, it, it, it doesn't feel right. And I, I and I can tell you this, his wife did not want to leave for LSU. His wife didn't want to leave Norman. Um, yeah. But I think if there was a lesser of the two evils, it was Southern California. And I'll just leave it at this, you know, jokingly say this this time, and this is very tongue in cheek, Peyton. And I, I know you'll take it in a different way. It's not the first time he's gone against what his wife would advise him to do.
1: Well, I mean, you you have to make the decision in in the household. I mean, Riley, as you can
2: tell,
1: uh, maybe we can get a little bit into the political nature of the state of Oklahoma and kind of feeling where Riley is at and looking at some of the stuff that was going on. You can probably tell that his own personal feelings and own personal leans didn't fully align with the state of Oklahoma. I mean, I don't want to cast dispersions in any way, shape, or form that way, but you can kind of see where he may be thinking that way of wanting to get somewhere that maybe is fully more in line for what he's thinking about and where his kids want to go and where his wife wants to go. So um, it it, it can be said either way. I mean, I'm almost at a point now, Tori, it's kind of like, okay, just turn the page, close the book on Lincoln Riley. He had a, as Brady would say it, and I'm going to say it too, he had a failed tenure at at this university of Oklahoma. I mean, we judge head coaches by their ability to, to win national championships. And Oklahoma is a place you can win a national championship. I mean, I have the blue chip ratio right in front of me. Oh, you were sitting at 66%. I mean, it was
2: on that, on that too, yeah. real quick. On, I mean... <laughs> on that. Yeah. They were they were the 20 25 season at the path, and you've seen this Peyton, for years. And we've talked about it for years. The path where Oklahoma was heading by the second year Oklahoma was going to be in the SEC or third year. Like they were going to be in a very unique position in the sport that not a lot of teams ever get to. And I don't know if Oklahoma, from a recruiting perspective, maybe early in the 2000s, you know, before we had metrics and recruiting rankings and all that fun stuff, Peyton. Um, I guess here's the other thing too. This was the worst team Lincoln Riley's had. Like I think that's the other part that's going to leave a really sour taste in a lot of people's mouths is that this – this team underachieved in a way that I don't – and there's really not a lot to point to, like, reasons for that, right? Like, there's – when you looked at 2009, Bradford, Gresham, all those guys got hurt. When you looked at 2014, it was very apparent that that team was just – the Sugar Bowl was a fluke and all that nonsense, right? Like, 2011, Ryan Broyles gets hurt. Like, there's there's a lot of answers for that. Um, there's nothing that – there's no defending what happened to Norman this season. It was a disappointing we talked about this last night on the post game show on the franchise. There's it was a it was a disappointing season. Like you don't you don't you don't you can't shy away from that. And you know, you're talking about like the political like I think it's even deeper than that. Peyton, like I I mean a kid like I don't mean this in a bad way, but like Oklahomans are just blue collar that way. Like they just they want to see a team that wants to work and compete on an every down basis. And they didn't see that this year. And hey, you I, want to see
1: a team that is willing to hit another team. And like I said, this year in, in 2020, in, until Perkins came back, you didn't see that. I mean, he was and maybe there's some stuff here I, I, I'm jumping out. I saw I'm sorry, but there, I was talking about Wiley earlier on. And people are saying, well, Wiley's only doing what Lincoln wants him to do. And maybe this is what Lincoln's team wants – he wants his teams to be. Finesse teams that kind of move stuff and angle and more – he tries to, you know, checkers, not chess you. Football's about big dudes hitting other big dudes at the end of the game. And OU needs to get back to that mentality, especially moving into the SEC. I'm
2: with you. They, they got to get to – again, I, I mean, with what the roster is going to be constructed – um, you know, I'll just say this, like whether Lincoln was going to be at Oklahoma or not, like I was expecting some heavy big star names to leave. And I was going to get into that with you guys as I got more information after the season ended, but Oklahoma was going to have to be doing a lot of recruiting of their own players. And we're talking starters, skill players specifically, and not just Austin Stogner, which is the most obvious. <laughs> it's been the, one of the yeah. more obvious things. Um, it's not just him, it's a lot of people. And they're going to have to do a lot of recruiting back. It was a mess at Oklahoma. Um, it in behind the scenes, behind the scenes a little bit. And I think whenever you kind of talk about what Oklahoma is going to have to do here, um, they're going to have to get a guy that's a CEO. We talked about this with Lincoln getting an OC. We talked about this with Lincoln doing this. We talked about Link, this with Lincoln doing whatever. Um, what had to happen is Lincoln was going to, have to delegate some responsibility. Look in the mirror. Say that you are you haven't done a good enough job yet. Delegate something and make the most of it. Um, you know, Peyton, I hate to bring this up, but I mean, the pandemic endured throughout the pandemic. Like it was a joke, you know, and I think a lot of people kind of dismissed this idea, but there were a lot of problems in house last year, a lot of problems in house that fall under Lincoln's wing. And he had to spend time taking care of that. And he's had to spend time taking care of things this year that he shouldn't have had to take care of. Um, They should have been, you know, whether it's somebody else's responsibility or this or that, right? And I think he had a hard time with that. And maybe I'm reading him wrong, but I think he had a hard time facing the noise a little bit. It was very – I mean, he's always very defensive. Like, that's not going to fly at USC. Like, I said this to you on uh, Friday, Peyton. Um you look at you look at LSU, right? The clock starts at LSU. Right when you get hired, you've got you've got four years. That's all you got. If you can't get it done in four years, rest is history. And again, more people that I haven't heard from in years are texting me and asking me what's going on. Um, I uh at USC, it's the same thing, man. He's got five years, and I know why he did it. The timing is why he did it, Peyton. He's gonna get be able to get USC off the mat before he even coaches a game. And now getting off the mat getting off the mat and then winning a, winning that fight are two different things. Um, but he's gonna step in there and they're gonna have a lot of talent really quickly. Um, and again, that's no surprise for USC and no surprise for Lincoln Riley either, but the timing of this is really gonna aid him and he knew that. Uh, he's one of the more you've heard me bitch about this human being for four years. You've heard me, you've heard me, bitch about him more than anybody. Um, dealing with him in the media, some of the things that he does behind the scenes. Um, I mean, he's he's put himself in a pressure cooker here. Um, and betting, I respect a guy that's willing to bet on himself, Peyton. But I also respect a guy that's loyal enough to know that I failed. And it's very clear he's kind of at the same time with doing this. And I said this to you guys on Friday, and I'll throw it back to you on this. It was very obvious with where this was heading with the LSU thing uh, before it got nipped in the butt. It was very obvious he was basically blaming Oklahoma for not being able to get there. And I hate that. I hate that because you're blaming – Oklahoma puts you in a position where you should feel comfortable that you have every resource possible to win. And maybe they don't. Maybe Maybe they do right now, and maybe they weren't going to in 23, Peyton, and that's why Lincoln was frustrated whenever Oklahoma goes to the sec, maybe that's why, but that's what I hate about this more than anything is that he's basically, you know, there's this idea that with what he's done, that he didn't have enough to win at Oklahoma. And I just, I can't get behind that. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't, I, I don't think that that's what that's the case. I don't, I don't think that Oklahoma's in a position where, um, that it's not putting their head coach in the best position to be successful. I apologize for the stuttering there. I am again, receiving a shitload of texts right now
3: through the keyhole is brought to you by Uptown anytime fitness. That is anytime fitness on 23rd and Walker, the best gym in Oklahoma city. If you ask me, and I know that for a fact because I've been using it for just about two years and I couldn't love it anymore. Perfect size, perfect amount of equipment. And we're even getting $40,000 upgraded equipment over the next few months, so we're excited for that. But it's not too big, it's not too small, it's not intimidating. So for first-time gym users, or you know, if you're out there getting closer and closer to the new year, and you're thinking about New Year's resolutions, new fitness goals, yeah, this gym is not intimidating. There's never a, a ton of people inside at any point during the day, so you never have to wait for your equipment. It's just the best place, in my opinion, to be if you're just trying to improve yourself in one way or another. And the new owner, Garrett, is awesome, very personable, very helpful, and wants to help you guys out as much as possible. So for the month of October, they're doing a dollar membership sign-up fee. Again, it's a dollar membership sign-up fee for the month of October. Just let them know that you heard about this deal from Through the Keyhole or just from me. Maybe you'll run into me and you can make fun of me. But again, there are about 1,000 Anytime Fitnesses across the map. So if you don't necessarily live around Uptown OKC, you can just come up here, sign up with this gym with Garrett, and then you're able to use any of Anytime Fitness' facilities. There are a ton in the metro. There's a few in Edmond. There's a few in Tulsa. I was just in Dallas a few weeks ago and used an Anytime Fitness in Seagaville, Anytime Fitness in Kaufman. So even if you travel consistently, Anytime Fitness will still be there to help you achieve your fitness goals. And hey, if you are perfectly fine with how you feel, how you look, all those things, that's fine. But just help us out here at Through the Keyhole and go ahead and like Uptown Anytime Fitness on Facebook and Instagram. Give them a follow. We will greatly appreciate that. No, I mean, Oklahoma, like you
1: said, I mean, Oklahoma is... A place you can win a national championship. It's been 21 years since it's happened, but Oklahoma is a place you can win one. I mean, it is totally possible. I mean, if you if you can sit there and say Texas is a place you can win one, then you have to say OU is a place you can win one. Ohio State's a place you can win one. Uh, You know, Clemson is a place you can win one. OU is about to enter into the most fertile recruiting grounds, you know, in the nation. It's about to have, you know, full access to all of that. It's going to have the ability to walk into any and all. Uh, uh, living room it wants to and have a sh- an actual shot at pulling in uh, these players. OU is the University of Oklahoma, <clears throat> as I said earlier, is an answer to greatness. It is a chance for you to say with some hard work and some ability, I can do great things here. It's now coming out more and more. And I don't want to like disperse the guy or, or cast uh you know, ill will to him who seems like he wanted something that would allow him to get somewhere else. And I think that's why he's using USC too. I do not see him coaching at USC for 10 years. I see him getting something together, making a good run at it, and then seeing what the NFL has to offer at that point in time. I mean, he does seem to be that way. It, it just, but this really, really does put a, a pretty big, big, big you know, damper on the – he's just a humble, humble kid from West Texas. You know, I mean, I'm a
2: loyal it, it, guy. It, I'm this, I'm that. Yeah, no.
1: Mm-hmm. No, all that, all that's out the window now and, and, and kind of whatever. I mean, we're going to have to sit there and eat our crow talking about this stuff. Uh, you know, I don't think this makes OU a second tier program or, no. or a stepping stone program. We're going to see, They're going to hire. We're going to move forward. And OU is going to keep, you know, trucking along like it's always trucked along. I mean, if you look at the uh, Bill Conley, like uh, SP plus uh, history stuff, OU is the literally the most consistent school in the history of college football it's had one down decade which is really only like six years the rest of the time it's in the top five schools every single year so it's 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 interesting to see where it's going for and I guess you could kind of see if if all this stuff was what was going on you hear you hear all this stuff and you see what was happening how Lincoln was being a different person early in the offseason and everything like that you could tell he I guess like you said you know if we're gonna try to read read the tea leaves of what happened he knew this was happening he knew he was he knew this was his shot and he missed it he, and he missed it for a lot of different reasons i was thinking about that uh just last night whenever we we're going to talk about the bedland game but now we're not um uh, every it was just timing he's had one full recruiting cycle under him completely go through this this school but he's only really had two years you know Grinch has only really had two years to kind of get through that stuff so he's had a bridge and he's he needed more time. He needed another year, two more years to fully get completely away from all the malaise. That was the late stage Bob soup stuff to become his full team at USC. He's going to get that immediately right off the bat. So he doesn't have to sit there and go through it. He doesn't have to walk through this guy's statue every single day. I mean, it's it's, it'll be his own program. 100% there won't be like, even just now I'm sure Brady's like, you know, waterboarding himself. Bob Stoops is the interim head coach right now. Like, what's happening? He's not part of the program, but he is part of the program because he's the godfather at OU. This uh, isn't
2: – real quick on that, too. I want to bef- let, let you keep going. Um, there's a report out there that Bob was in the meeting when Lincoln told the team. So, just to be clear about that. I don't I don't know what that means. That's kind of weird to me, right?
1: I mean, it's, it's – you have to look at it. We may think it's weird, but you have to look at it from um, – from like college football perspective as a whole, this is just Barry Alvarez <laughs> at Wisconsin. It's just like sure. he just walks down. Yeah, sure, I'll coach. I'll coach for a little bit. <laughs> and OU just has that type of guy. I mean, Bob's not that old. I mean, he's someone they could always rely on and call back to. Uh, my assumption that he's going to be part of the hiring panel. My assumption is he's going to be potentially leading the hiring panel <laughs> uh, in making sure stuff comes through, which him and Barry has some, has some good and bad. Yeah, him and Barry, yeah, Barry too. It has some good and bad because I think the name that's being tossed around the most is Brent. I think that would be probably the best hire moving forward. It's a guy we I have seen beat these gets, SEC teams.
2: I think he gets the first call. I don't know if this is his job. I don't know if it's his job to lose. But I think that there's a lot of respect there between Joe and Brent. And there's just real quick, there's a lot of – obviously, a lot of people bring up there's some past things at Kansas State, which is why he can't get a head coaching job at a lot of other places. But he's had a job at Oklahoma, and I think Oklahoma can get past some of that maybe if whatever those issues were. I know they haven't come to light too much. But whether he wants it or not, I would – imagine that he is the first call and whether it's it's his job or not it's going to be a courtesy more than likely just to be like okay Oklahoma's interested in him as you know Peyton if Oklahoma's interested in him and he takes in and declines it that means somebody else will probably likely do it in the future so that's where I've that's basically what I've heard so go ahead.
1: I mean that type of hire though like a Brent type of hire would signal to college football that hey you have the ability to hit people and, you know, and take punches toe to toe. I mean, that's what I want to see out the, out, out of the new hire. And, you know, I have and it's been weird and people haven't said anything, but, you know, could OU pry a Matt Campbell away, you know, something like that. And I've gotten some weird feedback from OU fans, maybe it's because we're, you know, entrenched to hate Matt Campbell because he's, because from a rival school, but a, a coach like that who knows how to build something top to bottom and knows how to fight and knows how to bring some toughness to a, to a program. I mean, that's what I really want to see. I mean, Grinch put in a lot of effort, but I don't know there's a lot of toughness in this program uh, ever since Bob left. I mean, to be honest with you, even then some of those Bob teams, especially the late-stage Bob teams, they, they were tough when they absolutely wanted to be, but not every single time. You know, from 2000 2008, you could owe you a full Going to more basketball reference, a Golden State Warriors type thing. Oh, you could drop 50 on your head. But it was never like, oh no one ever talked about oh you like to talk about Bama, like, oh, when you play Bama, you're screwed for the next three weeks. And hopefully that that type
2: of thing starts coming back. Yeah. Um, first off, there was a little reverberation there. So I didn't hear everything you said. Thanks to oh, the you're good fine. old thanks to the good old Zoom machine. But uh, I yeah, man, I mean, I want to say this and just kind of get this out there. I told you guys this. um, I don't think the donors are too upset. The very influential people with Oklahoma football aren't upset about this. And when you add that into this whole thing and kind of add in and you put some of those puzzle pieces together, right, like Lincoln's demanding a little bit more here, demanding a little bit more there, Um, maybe he was asking for a shit ton, right? Like there's also that possibility. And like I said, there's going to be three sides to this story, Peyton. There's going to be (laughs) – it's gonna be Oklahoma side, which I'm sure Joe's gonna leak out some really nasty stuff about Lincoln. And then Lincoln's oh, going to, yeah. Lincoln's gonna put all out the curvatures, the
1: they're gonna be marched through.
2: <laughs> and then Lincoln's gonna put some nasty shit out about Joe in the program in Oklahoma. And somewhere that the truth is gonna lie in the middle. Uh, we'll do our best to try to keep in track of that and keeping that in mind. But I just, you know, want to say this: like I basically everything I've heard, the donors are like that's fine. Like we'll help them pack. That's, that's a, that's an exact phrase, by the way.
1: I, I mean, I think this, this truly does. I mean, I mean, Lincoln Riley was just a fraud at the end of the day, he was just a fraud. Maybe he'll, maybe he won't be a fraud at USC or the next job after that, but he was given the Kings to he was given the keys to the kingdom and he was shown to be unworthy. And that happens, you know, not everyone is, Barry Butter Bob, you know not everyone can carry that torch for that long. Uh, but I want to ask Matt. I mean, Matt, you're, you're you're producing a bunch of shows tomorrow and everything. What's the tenor uh, on, on on the airwaves that you've got to get ready for?
0: Oh, um, basically, Lincoln Riley's a snake. He he was scared of the SEC. He's this and that. That's. I think there's going to be a lot of that tomorrow. <laughs> so that'll be fun to deal with. I'll be uh, if if I'm producing. I don't know. I haven't heard anything. But if I'm producing any tomorrow, uh, I'm going to be riding that dump button for sure. Oh, that dump <laughs> button is going to be coming in handy tomorrow. Yeah. We'll, are you it, producing three? To, are you with us at three to six tomorrow? I have no idea. I would assume. I I would assume so. I've I've produced every Monday for like a couple of years. But there you go. I, I, I would. So I would assume so. But. Yeah. Um. I will say that. Yeah. Uh, the dump button. If you if you call in, if you're listening and planning to call into the franchise tomorrow, we only have eight seconds. So, <laughs> and that has to rebuild every time I hit the dump button. So please, if you're gonna curse, uh, make sure it's spread out. For sure.
2: <laughs> um. I was gonna say, and just kind of off the bat here, we're we're bouncing in a lot of different places, Peyton. Um. And that's what we're supposed to do. And. It's like this and this is as emergency as it gets whenever cover comes to a podcast without planning without really knowing any true story i don't think joe castiglione has made any public comments yet i don't think lincoln riley has made any public comments yet and i'm sure they won't from a lawyer perspective until things are signed and lincoln's gone um but i am i again you kind of said fraud i i feel and I, i've said this to you guys before um Peyton's heard, again, me say this. I've joked about bitching about Lincoln Riley and some of the things that he does over the years. Um, it was pretty apparent early on he was a pretty big liar. And uh, so surprised. this doesn't really surprise me too much at this point. You know, like, I thought I had a pretty good read on this man. I think I had a – Peyton, you know this. I think I have a pretty good read even on some in-game coaching decisions and play-calling stuff that he does. Oh, I'm pissed, by the way. Now i got to go spend four years studying somebody else's offense uh, to figure it out. That's, that makes me real happy. Um, but I can't wait to do it. It's a new challenge. But I, um, it's, no, it's no surprise at this point when you put some of the stuff over the years together, um, you put some of the stuff over the last four or five months together. It's all weird, man. And um, I said this. I tweeted this. I, I truly mean this. Sometimes you go into the river and a game of Texas hold them. And sometimes you got a great hand and you just think the guy across from you is full of shit. And sometimes they call you, you call their bluff. They show their hand and uh, you got beat. And I think Oklahoma got beat uh, with this thing. And that doesn't mean you can't reshuffle the deck and, and give it another try. Cause I think Oklahoma is probably sitting on as much money as anybody, right? There's what, maybe eight programs at that table, Peyton, where, where Oklahoma's playing this game at. Um, and, you know, they got to, they, this is a very important hire. I mean, you're going to the SEC in 2023. You've got to be able to mitigate some of the recruiting issues you're going to have. And you got to go get a guy that understands the Southeast. I think for one, I think you got a guy that understands the state of Texas. Uh, and I think that whenever you kind of look, you know, at the, at the situation that they have, it's, they they've got a, a kind of a mess on their hands. I think Joe Castiglione, and I can just talk to you about this a little bit, as this is what makes the OU job so good. The Joe's out of the picture. Joe does not get involved very often, if at all. And he kind of is very hands-back. And I'm sure Joe is trying to look for answers about what's happened internally since the start of the 2020 football season before the pandemic started last December, last January, when things at the office were really, really weird. And I don't know. I, uh, and again, I'll just leave you with this. I've got really nothing else here, but uh, it's, it's as shocking to me. Oh man. It's as, it's as shocking to me as, because Bob was shocking and that's the old timer. This isn't, you can kind of see the writing on the wall the last 48 hours with this thing. And you had a little bit of insight. We had a little bit of insight, but it's, it's about as shocking to me as I would say Jimbo going to Texas A&M. Like I just couldn't believe it. I write, like it was one of those things. Like I, I didn't think Jimbo was obviously like that at the time. Clearly we know more about him now. Um, and we're getting to find out that, you know, this is the this is this part of the business. Coaches want to win. They want to win at the highest level. And Lincoln has chosen Southern California over the state of Oklahoma and the SEC. And you can build your narrative from there if you want. I don't I'll just say this. I think Lincoln was not scared to compete in the SEC. I think Lincoln was scared to fail in the SEC. And I think those are two completely different mindsets to have.
1: Yeah, the, the Jimbo comparison—that's that, going to give me an idea for for my Monday write-up. And, uh, and for everyone who's listening for this free pod, we this obviously is a Patreon podcast. We have multiple tiers in which you can subscribe. You know, for one dollar you get all the writing. For four dollars you get all the podcasts. For five dollars you also get video review uh, from Keegan. It breaks down uh, uh, breaks down games and breaks down its opponents. But I think the Jimbo comparison is kind of correct because what what started happening was that the FSU offensive line just fell apart. And then he left. I mean, that, that is such a unit you have to cultivate and keep growing and, and never leave out. Cause once that's gone, you're gone. <laughs> and then for this year to see the offensive line start falling apart, not start falling apart, offensive lines falling apart last year, but to see it completely fall apart and then him leave, you can kind of, that's almost a direct comparison. I mean, t- to be honest with you, it is that same level of, uh, Although I would argue, any historically is a much lesser program than Florida State, but whatever. Uh, it is kind of interesting to see where all this will go. But I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm I'm on the same page of Keegan, and I'm assuming Matt as well. We're all kind of like in shock, and we've talked it out. We're going to need some time to really think these things out. Um, I have a write-up on Monday to kind of get my thoughts out there a little bit more about where I want to see OU moving forward. Keegan will have some. I'm guessing you're still going to break down Bedlam maybe or start looking at maybe some head coaches and seeing what they want to do. Uh, That might be interesting.
2: We'll break down Bedlam, not in the uh, as clear, concise sense. Um, And I want to say this to our patrons that are listening to this. Whenever they do, you'll have some nuggets up um, here in a little bit. But I, uh, Matt, Payton, I told you guys yesterday morning that something was weird. And I didn't want to record a post game if Oklahoma lost because I kind of wanted to, didn't want to have two different conversations about the same thing. Again, our instincts are pretty good on through the keyhole. Whether it's Peyton, Brady, Keegan, Matt, Kim, anybody of our patrons that are come on and talked, um, our instincts are pretty good. Um, this is why there was no breakdown last week of Oklahoma State. This is why on Wednesday things halted completely. Shocked, weird. I but again I I think the biggest thing here of anything that clearly Lincoln felt disrespected or something by something and he's not leaving Oklahoma in a better place than when he got it and I think if you're a head coach at Oklahoma if you're a person from the state of Oklahoma we kind of all learn this at a young age because you know cost of living here is not as good as what it is elsewhere there's not a lot of things just handed out to freebies for anybody Um, you're supposed to leave things better than when you left it. And Lincoln Riley didn't do that. And if you want to talk about winning and not winning a national championship as a failure, you can talk about this. You can talk about that. Uh, But the fact that he left Oklahoma in a worse place than when he got it uh, is probably the biggest thing that's going to happen with this. And I think from a fan perspective, if you're an Oklahoma fan, that's what would drive me nuts worse. Because as an Oklahoman, and I can tell you this from looking at Twitter, you don't see a lot of Oklahoma State people jumping on Oklahoma people right now. You don't. Everybody's as shocked. And I think Oklahoma State people kind of feel that same way too. And that's why they appreciate Mike Gundy. They appreciate the job that he's done. You're going to have to go get somebody that gets this state. You're going to have to go to get somebody that gets these kinds of people. Um, and if you work for it and you work your ass off, you're going to have as good of an opportunity to chase your dreams and goals as a head coach as anybody out there. And so it's, uh, it's going to be a really weird coaching search. Um, um, there's going to be a ton of names. There's going to be – a tons of ebbs and flows. There's gonna be this, there's gonna be that. But I can tell you if you guys stick to us, uh, we've I'm not bragging here. Um, I know on the outside looking in, people that don't listen, but if you subscribe to our Patreon, uh you will be as kept up to date with the straight facts of what's going on and kind of the situation that Oklahoma's in right now. Uh, we will keep you guys up to date and kind of keep that bullshit that you heard kind of going on with the LSU job. Um, that won't happen. So, anyways, there's my uh, there's my rant there at the end, Peyton, to end this thing. I am uh a little weird. You can guys can see in my eyes. I'm already tired from dealing with this. It's been three f- days of this, thanks to Lincoln Riley, and I'm uh not too happy about that. So we'll uh we'll kind of see how this we'll kind of see what plays out. Well, guys,
1: uh that's it from us from Through the Keel podcast. Remember to subscribe, like if you're you know see us on apple give us leave us a review spotify we're everywhere you want to find us we will be there the patreon if guys you want to give and being part of the process be part of the uh, community that we're trying to build down there um you know feel free to join in with us I mean, it's just me, keegan and matt two like two lockable dudes and then me uh so we'll have some fun time <laughs> but for matt and keegan this is through the keel podcast remember more importantly than ever boomer sooner